Uh, we are going to continue our with our theme on peace on the Advent Sunday, and it is the Sunday of peace. We do want to thank Miss Holly for joining us. Uh, her brother-in-law leads a church. She is part of the worship ministry there, and she's taken time out to come and be with us, and we are so thankful that she came. Um, we are... In thinking about this, we know last week we started this series through Advent of It's a Wonderful Life. And it is a wonderful life. I'm learning more and more that the Christian life is a wonderful life. It's a life filled with ups and downs. It's a life filled with joy and heartache. It's a life that that some days we can't understand how great God has been to us. And some days we can't understand why we hurt so bad. But still, when you know Jesus Christ, it's a wonderful life. And what makes it a wonderful life is that we can live in peace. In the midst of everything that we have to experience, we can live in peace. And when we have peace, when we're able to live in peace, we know that it's a wonderful life. As you're turning your Bibles to the book of Acts, chapter 10, we're going to be in a passage that is really in between two messages we preached not too long ago. And we're going to look in verses 34 through 43 for our reading today. And while you're turning there, again, Acts 10, verses 34 through 43, I read about any, a time in this church when there was a very long and boring sermon that was preached. It was so long and so boring that as when the service was over, the members headed straight for the exit. They lined up to get out of the church, not wanting to pass by the pastor. But there was this one thoughtful young man. He realized I always speak to the pastor. I always share something with him about his message. And I'm not going to not do that today. So he goes by the preacher and he he says, preacher, your sermon today, it reminded me of the peace and the love of God. Now, you have no idea how thrilled this pastor was to hear these words. No one had ever said anything like him, like that to him about a message he had preached. So he was overwhelmed and he asked, tell me. Tell me, what was it about this message? Why this message were you reminded of God's peace and God's love? The young man looked at him and said, well, it reminded me of the peace of God because it passed all understanding. It reminded me of the love of God because it endured forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep thinking about it. You'll find yourself laughing later today. 
Now don't come by me telling me this today. <laughs> uh, don't even try it, Brother Jackie. Don't try it. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't think that this was something the pastor was expecting to hear. Kind of, it would make you wonder, how did he live in peace with that kind of critique over his message? The truth is, the only way we can live in peace with such a critique over something that we've worked so hard on is to have peace with God. One writer said it this way, peace with God brings the peace of God. It's a peace that settles our nerves, fills our mind, floods our spirit, and in the midst of uproar around us, gives us the assurance that everything is all right. I'm convinced that when we have peace with God, we can experience the peace of God. And having that peace reassures us. With all we have to face, with all that we have to experience, with all that we have to endure in this world, living in Christ is a wonderful life. When we look here in this passage, we begin to see how we can live in peace. The Bible tells us, then Peter opened his mouth and said, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. That word, you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things, which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, who they killed by hanging on a tree. Him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly. Not to all the people, but to witnesses chosen before by God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he, that it is he who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophet, the prophet's witness That through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. (laughs) This is God's holy word. God, as we come before you today, we're looking to your word. And God, as we've prepared our hearts, God, as you've been in the midst of the preparation, we now seek you that you would open our minds and open our mouths to proclaim what it is that you would have us to. God, you are able to do far and exceedingly abundantly above anything that we would ask. And we ask that you would speak to each and every heart today. And as you do, God, we pray that you would be, that it would be clear of who you are and the peace that you're able to give. God, help us. Help us today to receive your word. And if there's any here who doesn't know you through your son, Jesus Christ, God, speak to them. 
God, we pray that you would move upon them in a way to where they cry out for this peace. And God, we'll praise you for what you do in their lives. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. I'm, I'm just convinced that the Christian life is a wonderful life. However, everything that we ask or everything that we are led to do by the Spirit of God will not always be easy. Consider Peter's predicament here in this text. Here Peter had had a vision that he didn't quite understand. Simply put, God had showed him unclean animals and told him to eat. And and these are animals Peter had never eaten. What God was illustrating to Peter was that whatever God had cleansed, that we must not call common or unclean. This illustration was given to Peter because of the very people the Jews had considered unclean would be the very ones who would be next to hear Peter share the gospel. They would be next to hear how to live in peace. They would be next to hear how to live in peace with God. They would be next to hear how to live in peace, how to live in the peace of God. Peter had the message of peace and God was making it very clear to Peter that he was responsible to share that message with whoever was willing to hear and receive that message. I wonder today, I just wonder how many of us look at others as being unclean. What I mean is do we look at others and think it's not worth my time to share the message of peace with them? Do we see barriers in sharing this message of peace? And I know there are all sorts of barriers out there. There's language barriers. There's nationality barriers. There's social barriers and educational barriers. There's political barriers and lifestyle barriers. And these are just a few barriers to be named. So my question is, just because someone doesn't look like us, because someone doesn't have the same background as us, because they don't dress like us, because they don't live like us, because they don't talk like us, do we look at them as not being worth our time in sharing this message of peace with? Those of us who've been washed in the precious blood of Jesus, We have this message of peace within us. And because we have the message of peace within us, we have a responsibility to share that message with those who are living in this world with no hope. With those who are living in this world without the joy of serving the Lord. Those who are living in this world without ever knowing the love of God. No matter the barrier, we who know peace must share with others how they can live with peace. When we turn our attention to today's text, 
we find that we can live in peace when we live by the word of God. Cornelius was not just any Gentile. He was a centurion of the Italian regiment. However, he was a devout man. He was a man who feared God. He was a man who demonstrated how much he cared about others by giving to those who were in need. He was a man who always prayed to God. And although he was a devout man, although he was a man on the surface which seemed to be a good man, there was something missing in Cornelius' life. It appeared he still did not have the peace of God within him. He was doing all the right things, saying all the right things. He was even giving what he had, and he still didn't have peace. After following the instructions of an angel that spoke to him in a vision, he sent for and he waited for Peter to come show up at his home. In Cornelius' home, there he was with his family and with his friends. They were eager to hear Peter's message. So when Peter arrived at Cornelius' home, he began to share um, that God sent his word to the children of Israel. His word, Jesus Christ. He came preaching the message of peace. And if Cornelius, his family and friends were ever going to live in peace, they would have to receive the message of Jesus Christ. They would have to live by the message of Jesus Christ. And that message, simply put, that we find in scripture is that Jesus is Lord of all. Peter then shares this you already know. If you don't believe that, if we look there in verse 36, the last phrase of that verse is, he is Lord of all. Speaking of Jesus Christ, the first phrase in verse 37 says, that word you know. In other words, Peter said, you already know. That Jesus is Lord of all. They must have heard all that Jesus had done throughout Judea. Beginning in Galilee after his baptism. Jesus admitted and it was very evident that he was the anointed one of God. He was, had been anointed by the Holy Spirit. Given the power to do great and mighty things. Including healing many who were oppressed by the devil. Peter shares that they... They would know that Jesus was nailed to an old rugged cross and that God raised him up on the third day. And people witnessed this and he and the disciples even ate and drank with Jesus after the resurrection. This was no secret. However, if they were going to live in peace, they had to do more than know this. They had to, uh, it, it meant so much more than, than just knowing that this took place. They must believe in what they had already knew, that Jesus is Lord. They're good deeds would not give them peace it may definitely help them feel good about themselves but it wouldn't give them the peace that they were searching for but if they would believe and confess in Jesus they would be forgiven of their sins and if they would live believing the word of God they would live in peace how many how many today are living without peace when they know that Jesus Christ is Lord. I'm convinced that many believe but just refuse to live by the word of God. 
Over 2,000 years ago, the word of God, the message of peace, had been, had, for over 2,000 years, it has been declared throughout the world. And since 1881, the word of God, the message of peace has been declared in this church. I've been here for the past 17 years preaching the word of God. I've been preaching the message of peace from this roster. And for, there are those who still are not living in peace. I've been preaching the message of peace that you know. You already know. I've been preaching that Jesus is God's only begotten son. He left the splendor of heaven, came to this sin-cursed world. He was born of a virgin, conceived by the Holy Spirit of God. He submitted himself to God and lived a sinless life. I've been preaching uh, that, that he fulfilled the Holy Scriptures. And for that, he was illegally arrested, falsely accused. He was illegally tried. And, and though Pilate could find no fault in him, that he was tied to a whipping post, beaten mercilessly. He was forced to carry his own cross up. Galgotha's hill and while on the cross they nailed him to the cross suspended him between heaven and earth and while on the cross he poured out his blood giving his life for the sin of the world I've been preaching that he was buried in a borrowed tomb and on the third day God raised him up conquering death hell and the grave and there are many who believe the preached word of God believe it with all their heart but still refuse to live the word of God you refuse to receive the message of peace. But if you, the good news is if you would just acknowledge that you are a sinner in need of a savior and believe that this Jesus is savior of the world and confess your sins to him and receive him as your Lord and savior, that he would reconcile you to God and you would have peace, peace that surpasses all understanding. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So many, so many believe but refuse to confess. And if you fall in that category, you're missing out on a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life when we live in peace. But to live in peace, we must live by the word of God. And when we live by the word of God, we also have peace when we are living in the will of God. I shared earlier that everything that we're asked or led to do by the spirit of God will not always be easy. But if we live by the word of God, if we obey the word of God, we can know that we are in the will of God. And then we'll have peace. Being in the will of God, Peter found himself in the home of a Gentile. Sharing the message of peace that was given to the Jews. Peter was telling them that if they believed and received the message that they, if they would believe in him, in Jesus Christ, they would be forgiven of their sins. Look there in verse 43. He says that to him, all the prophets witness and through that through his name, whoever, whoever, you know, if you'll take your index finger and point at yourself right in the middle of your chest, you'll find that you fall in whoever. 
Whoever believes in him will receive remission, forgiveness. Your sins would be wiped away according to the text. You don't have to hold on to them. You don't have to worry about them. You don't have to grieve over them. You don't have to try to repay them. Jesus paid it all on the cross of Calvary. And if you'll just receive him as your savior, he'll forgive you for all your sin. Peter knew that this would not be popular with the other apostles. It would not be popular with the brethren in in Jerusalem. As a matter of fact, Peter knew this. Because, and and in knowing this, it really happened. When they heard about this in Jerusalem, the Jews came to where Peter was at and they confronted him. The Bible says in the New King James that they, they had contention with him or they contended with him. In other words, they confronted him. What are you doing, Peter? Preaching the good news of the gospel to to these heathens, to these Gentiles. But Peter said, listen, I shared the good news to them, and they began, the Holy Spirit fell down upon them. They began to speak in tongues. They began to worship God because they believed, not because of who they were, or not because of who I am, but they believed in who Jesus Christ was. And because of that, he looked at them and said, how can I I not baptize them. Listen, it don't matter where you've been or who you are or, or where you come from. If you'll confess Jesus as your Savior, He'll forgive you. And who are we, the saved, to look at somebody who professes Jesus and say, We'll see. Let's give it some time. No, what we do, we rejoice. We rejoice. If the angels in heaven can rejoice over one who is lost and on their way to a demon's hell because they came to know the the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, then who are we not to rejoice? We are to rejoice. Here, Peter knew it wouldn't be popular with the apostles. Or the brethren in Jerusalem. Here the message that came to the circumcised was now shared with those who were uncircumcised. But folks, this is exactly what the will of God was. It was never God's will for the message of peace to go to the Jews and stay with the Jews only. God sent his son to his chosen people and the Jewish people, the the Jewish people. And once his chosen people received his word, their responsibility was to share the good news with the world. Their responsibility was to share God with the world. In other words, it was God's will that the Jews would be the conduit in which you and I would know him. God shows no partiality. We see that right there in verse 34. He shows no partiality. The message of peace was for the whole world. God so loved the whole world. He would not that any would be lost, but that all would come to repentance. You know, the apostle Paul, in his letter to the church in Philippi, he shared that no one could boast of their Jewish heritage more than he. He was circumcised on the eighth day. He wasn't a Jewish convert, but instead he was of the stock of Israel. He was of the tribe of Benjamin. 
a Hebrew of Hebrews concerning the law. He was a Pharisee. He was zealous in persecuting the church. But all his credentials as a Jew no longer meant anything after he met Jesus on the Damascus Road. All he cared about was sharing the message of peace, being a follower of Jesus Christ. Paul was concerned with being in the will of God and being in the will of God. It wasn't always easy for Paul. First, in 2 Corinthians 11, 24 through 28, what we find is, the Jew, is, is Paul begins to share just how tough his life was. Just how, 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 how he could be in places that, that wasn't very comfortable for him, even in the midst of God's will. He said from the Jews five times, he received 40 stripes minus one. Three times he was beaten with rods. Once he was stoned. Three times he was shipwrecked. A night and a day in the deep. In journeys often in perils of waters, perils of robbers, perils of his own countrymen. In perils of Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. Paul in, we in weariness and toil and sleeplessness often he hungered and he thirsts in, in fastings and often in cold and nakedness besides all the other things that would come to Paul daily he experienced these things and he was in the will of God but you know Paul was willing to be what he had to be he was willing to suffer what he had to suffer to be in the will of God. No matter where the will of God took him. No matter what he had to experience. He was able to live with peace. So let me ask us. Do we desire. Do we truthfully. Desire to live in the will of God. Or are we only willing to be in his will. When it's comfortable. I've shared in the past that ministry is uncomfortable. And if we're always comfortable, chances are we're not doing much ministry. To live in the will of God is to obey the word of God. And sometimes that may mean people we love may walk away from us. Because we've had to make some unpopular decisions. We've had to stand for the word of God rather than please man. Because Acts 5 and 29 says we ought to obey God rather than man. Sometimes it may mean that we have to go to places where we don't feel welcome. It may cost us our time, our energy, our job, our reputation, our health. It may even cost us our lives here on earth. But there are some places that the will of God will take us that we won't be welcome. Maybe sometimes we find, might find ourselves in positions that would just weigh heavy upon us. A pastor friend of mine just two weeks ago, he not only had the burden of preparing to preach Sunday morning, being ready to teach on Wednesday night, but he also had three funerals that week. And because of scheduling, he had to turn one down that he was asked to be on. Oh, he was in a position he didn't, he didn't want to be in. He was, he was in a position I didn't envy him for. 
sometimes we find ourselves in positions that just weigh heavy on us. And we're in the will of God. But if we're willing to share the message of peace, even if sharing the word of God means that we'll stand alone, even if it means that it's going to cost us, even if it means that we're going to grow weary, then we'll be able to live in peace or even suffer in peace. When we're living in peace, even when we're suffering, we're in peace, we can know we're in the will of God. I wonder today, is anyone here desiring to live a wonderful life? That you're just burdened down. You've got to a point you just don't know what to think or where to turn. And you just want life to be better than what it is. Are you ready to live in Christ? If so, has every head bowed, every eyes closed? If you find yourself right there, lost and undone, and wanting peace, then I would encourage you to submit your life to the will of God. God loves you so much that he gave his only begotten son into this world. And if you would believe in him, you will not perish but have everlasting life. God's will is to give you peace and have peace of knowing that you will spend eternity with him. Are you willing today as they begin to sing this song of invitation as people all over this church are praying if you are here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior are you willing to live in the will of God by living by the word of God I want to tell you it brings peace and it's a wonderful life when we have peace peace